You're listening to Ramble Without a Cause with Heather and Chloe. Will there ever be a series free of Mind Hunter? Is Shrek 2 a cinematic masterpiece? If you're searching for a pretentious chinwag, you've come to the right place. Okay, I think we've got it. Yeah, I think so. In this week's episode, we get into some of pop culture's major moments from the last couple of weeks. From horror missing out on the crown on Drag Race UK to other royal on-screen feuds. We'll finally be unpacking this year's Golden Globes and that Emily in Paris nomination, as well as some of the most memorable red carpet looks. I guess this is why I like watching award shows and stuff. It kind of breaks me out of the lockdown haze and it just reminds me that there is beauty and there's glamour and one day I'll be able to wear a dress and heels again and not just live in bike shorts and stained t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally me, honestly. Right. The okay. typical British, right, let's get into this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's sort this out. Right. Do you remember that song? That all writer song. It's like what? put your hands up. Put your hands. Up. <laughs> Do you not remember that? No. So we had it's by this band called Reef, I think. Oh god, I don't think I have, no. Put your hands up, put your and in the middle he just goes, all right. <laughs> no, I need to check that out. <laughs> that sounded like a black eyed peas kind of moment, and then just some <laughs> gremlin stepping in halfway through. <laughs> Okay, I've like fully lost it. I want to hear more about your, your um, <laughs> was it your Asda fit? Your your go to quarantine fit? Oh, when you said Asda fit, I was like, did I have, did I have a breakdown in Asda? Oh my god! <laughs> well, it's not without the realms of possibility. I've seen many a so... breakdown in Asda. <laughs> in the nappy aisle. The nappy aisle. Oh god. <laughs> I was in Tesco yesterday, and this sounds like I'm about to do stand-up. <laughs> a really bad part of it. I was in Tesco, and, I, you know, I get, like, one interaction each week, probably, in a shop. And it, it's overstimulating at the moment. I don't know what you think, but I find it, like, really overstimulating. I am such an overthinker that I'll go out and be like, oh, this is nice, like, fresh air interaction. And I'll get into a shop, and I'll be like, this is disgusting. I'm, like, overanalyzing every little time I almost bump into someone or every time yeah. someone does something irritating because I, I don't have any other contact with anyone. I saw an so, old like, colleague that I used to work with when I oh worked at Weatherspoons during the humble uni days. And um, <laughs> he was obviously... He, our local spoons are shut down. So he'd obviously right, been please. given the, the chuck. So I'd, I was sort of making eye contact with him on a Monday afternoon. Trying to convey your... your sympathies, uh, but also... I, I just can't with, with people. I, I, I don't like it. You, I just end up bumping into everyone from school. and See, I'm glad that I don't really have that because, like, a lot of the people that I went to school with live a couple of miles away. So I'm like, yes, I'm in safe territory. Not always, but, yeah, it's, it's kind, of, uh, kind of lonely. <laughs> everyone <joking>. works <laughs> at that Tesco's as well, the big Tesco. Everyone works there. Oh, mate. So... People have no awareness, right? This is so irrelevant, but I just had to tell you. Like, I was stood waiting to get a sandwich, and there's this fucking woman with her massive trolley, and her child sat in the trolley, and then maybe it was her sister or something <laughs> stood next to her, and they were trying to pick a sandwich for minutes on end, not even seconds. I, I understand, you know, it. it's a big decision. Like, I'm always like, do I get prawn sandwich with mayo? Do I get a Caesar salad? Do I get a BLT? It's a hard choice. The meal deal section is a war zone. It literally is. There was me and this other dude waiting back from them, trying to, you know, I don't even know. Like, they were there for about fucking five minutes. Then they called someone. They started calling someone. And I was just not having, like, I audibly (laughs) did, like, the most British passive-aggressive thing. She just went... Probably couldn't even hear it through my mask. Yeah. So, and then I stormed off to get something else, and then came back and they were gone. I was like, I. J- and then I was overanalyzing that. Oh, I was so mean. Oh, they were just picking a sandwich. I was like, no, this is what quarantine does to you. Like, 
have some self-awareness. Very <laughs> little tolerance for They people. blocked the whole aisle. I know. They couldn't even get to a sandwich. Yeah. Anyway. People <laughs> with children. Not, not going to be me. <laughs> Could never be me. <laughs> never. Literally. When I watch stuff now when people are pregnant, I just feel, I, I just get terrified. I'm like, oh, no. Especially if they're, like, younger than me or the same age as me. Yeah. And I still don't feel that thing of, like, that'd be nice, wouldn't whenever it? I, I just, see, I'm just like, no. Whenever I see a new Facebook post of, uh, like a scan or an ultrasound or whatever, yes. I, I start gagging. Like when it, when, when, it's, when it's someone my age, I'm like, <gasps> I know. And it's like you're just ticking off and up. You know, no disrespect to those people. Like fair enough. It's just no you know, complete they chose disrespect. That life. Please. <laughs> Please be civil. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> but you know, it's like I've gone through. I've got a little notebook and I'm like, that's another tally for someone from school that I knew. But it's always like the unexpected people. Not always, but sometimes. It'll be us next, don't worry. Oh, fuck that. Fuck Give that. it another 10 years. I want to <laughs> wanna live my life. I won't have a dick near me in the next few years, hopefully. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, in the next few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from this dildo I have right <laughs> <laughs> We haven't even got This is the BBC, Chloe. (laughs) Oh my god, at least I didn't do what a horror did. I can't I can't me and my nan have loads in common. We both have gaping arms. Is that what she actually said? Yeah, and it's not even that bad. Because it it got blurred out. No, obviously it got beat out. I didn't hear it. The editing is is ridiculous. Like they made like ah the way they orchestrated that. Mm. I'm pretty sure Ellie Diamond going to some sort of like horrific traumatic golem type manifestation going Ellie Diamond loves death was way worse than that. That was disgusting. <laughs> but I was, I was still laughing. I, I actually start. I was laughing because you don't know what I was It was doing. just ridiculous. And then that that really um almost like, I can't think of the word for it, but when she would just go, no! Like, yeah! <laughs> it was just really <laughs> surreal and it, like I just kept like bursting out laughing. Because you don't, you don't know what else. Because to then do there's with just yourself. that silence afterwards. Like, what was the, what was the joke there? I, I, that's the thing with Ellie Diamond. There just, there isn't a joke. No, there's never a punchline. It just goes on and and I think, oh, she has like an interesting idea of what a joke is, I guess. But me and Cameron were watching it, and I was like clinging to him, like I can't, I can't look at this right now. I just think Lawrence was way over the top as well. I, I I have to think that maybe that was slightly staged, and just the way he was sitting there in that costume, looking like like a sort of tarty bit of kryptonite, like <laughs> just just like screaming at him and, and whining. I, oh my god! It was awful. I think because Lawrence is funny anyway. Really, there's no need to kick up such a fuss if that's your talent. Play it like Taste, who didn't think she'd be great and actually was decent. Or Bimini, who was just like, chill about it. You're either funny or you're not. Absolute goddess. Yeah. And, you know, Horrors was like crude, but then I saw people saying, well, what, where did we get to in life that we're complaining about drag queens being crude? There are tons of crude like, jokes throughout the whole show from the very beginning. You know, yeah. the whole show is founded and, you know, on making jokes about dicks and arseholes. Literally. <laughs> All the fucking time, like they reference balls all the time, you know, and it's, it's funny. And it's like, I know she went a bit, it's because she went in like all guns blazing, but I, ju- I just find the judging on this one to have been really off this series. The series has been great, but, and the whole taste, I think they did it because they wanted taste versus a horror in the lip sync. Mm. Whereas quite frankly, they should have just binned Ellie and then done that next week. Yeah, I think if, if it was to be for the benefit of the show. It, I just don't think they liked a horror in the end for for what no. she did, and I I don't I, just I did go like, off her by that point. I I think oh, I didn't. She's very talented. I just think out. maybe she was a little bit too bitchy for me. I just couldn't I couldn't get on board with it. That there's a there's a line. I think there's you can have a laugh and make the odd bitchy comment and get away with it. But she was just turning to this point where it was getting a bit nasty. And a bit childish. I like way worse, though. Like, and oh yeah, and sister, sister. Wow, she got better. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. It's not acceptable. Like the hate they get online, though, is the only thing. But 
I, yeah, you know, cool. Sister Sister and Lawrence, like, after what they did, got a lot of hate. But I think Ahura is like, I get what you mean, but I think it's a bit of an act and they kind of put her in that mm. role. And I thought, like, last week, where with the Brillo pad costume with Taste, she got really nasty. Like, she, you know, she kind of, it was playing off as being funny, but it was pretty poisonous, like, where she was kicking off about the costume. Mm. She's like, well, you know, I've done this and I've done that and they don't like it. And it's like, yeah, you didn't, you know, it's kind of like you faked effort. Like, yeah, it took a lot to do that and you cut yourself, but it's a shit idea. Half of the look was missing. Yeah. Like, I think Graham Norton said it just looked like a, like, scratchy gash, which it did. (laughs) Literally. I think with the horror, though, Cameron also said that they edited out bits that's the thing they manipulated they so do. apparently there was a section where they'd asked the queens who they thought should go out ellie had said a horror and that's why a horror was saying was really intensely saying backstage like I, I really like can't believe you said that kind of thing because it was actually about that mm. which we would have never known yeah they, they manipulate it a lot it's, it's like a lot of these reality shows like love island they they cut things out and they edit things to manipulate it to portray certain people in a certain way and it, it is upsetting because yeah I feel like there's a lot more to a horror and I think even she said herself she had a lot more to show and to prove and she did she was getting mm. better each week but yeah I, I think it comes down to what we said we were talking about it the other day actually about who will be the most successful in creating a tv series who will yeah you know I don't think it'll be Lawrence maybe Tace but I think out of all I of think them it could be Lawrence I'm not sure. I don't know if there, there would be that much of a following generated from it. Maybe because it would be funny. It would be like uh, there'd be a lot of gags in there and stuff. But I just think from like I think he... a money making perspective and a lot of the other options uh, like sort of clothing line opportunities, makeup opportunities. I think Bimini is probably the most. She's the top candidate. I think. I think Bimini will Bimini's win. Bimini's definitely gonna. Yeah, and I think Bimini's like the all-rounder. Um, I think with drag queens, it should just be about their drag queen persona. So, like, with Lawrence, it, he, I think Rue likes him, and he is very funny, and I think he stands a chance of getting there. Yeah. But I think he's kind of ruined it for himself a little bit. With all the tantrums. On. I think, yeah, I think but Rue has a soft think, spot. Like, in that pressurised situation, sometimes I do think, I judge them, and, they, and I think, well... Some of them, yeah, they do just behave disgracefully sometimes. Like, that was so over the top. But I guess they're in this, like, pressure cooker environment and Mm. it means so much to them that I sometimes think to myself, I don't really know how I'd react in that situation. I think Lawrence just felt hurt because I was doing some snooping. And I think him and Ellie have been friends, I think, for about three or four years. Or they've known each other for quite a while. So maybe it yeah. was just he was maybe they're very good friends they're close or at least in the show they were and he just yeah maybe just felt very bitter towards the whole situation but because because like of betrayed. how close they are yeah I, I think that was it it, it kind of reminds me actually of like those toxic jealous best mates that you get sometimes um, but I've, yeah yeah I can see but, that yeah when I when mean... Lawrence was saying oh like you've deliberately put me after Bimini, you know, that that kind of threw me under the bus. But if he feels insecure about Bimini, that's his own fault. That's nothing to do with Ellie. Uh, that's that's on him. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, you can't... I mean, order, yeah, it does have some sort of prevalence in terms of, Who like... goes first and last? Being psyched mm-hmm. out. Um, but Bimini took it on... She was the best. She was like, you know what? I, if I'm going to be funny, I'm going to be funny. You know, it doesn't matter. And she just killed it. Yeah. And, like, I, I do think, yeah, I don't know what got into Lawrence with not being able to let it go. But, yeah, it, I, I see what you mean with that element of, like, toxic best friend. It's like you, your friends, you kind of want it to stay at that level of you being the funnier one and you succeeding. And then if someone else has a chance of having more of a... I don't want to say power because it's not about... But I guess the dynamic between them is Ellie's a bit she's a bit silly she's not as funny she's not as quick she's not as like on the ball so mm. i guess lawrence was just immediately threatened now she actually took some sort of active initiative role. to like try and push herself forwards yeah maybe yeah, felt threatened by her role. she is talented i do i do feel for her i feel like she gets the short end of the stick a lot and i'm glad she got 
some recognition on Thursday. I mean, like, I'm not keen on her. Like, I feel so... Like, when they were talking about a backstory, I felt really bad for Ellie. And, like, I think she's very... Yeah, her makeup as well. Like, her makeup is great. She's not the funniest. And I do think her looks are always the same silhouette. But, yeah, I think maybe they're a bit rough on her, considering, like, Tace's runway's not great majority of the time, but she's funny. And the makeup and... is gorgeous, but the looks aren't strong yeah. enough, personally, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. And I just thought with how innovative Ahura was, that's what pissed me off about her going this quickly, was um, the fact that she she is so creative. Like, when she came out looking like Lady Gaga when they had yeah. the sewing challenge, it was just unreal, It was unfair, but... I think. She she definitely deserved to stay. And although I did feel for Ellie, I, I, part of me also thinks you've had all this time to really prove yourself and you haven't been able to. And there's there's only yeah. so long you can give someone a chance. It's the same with Tia Coffee. I, yeah, I think Ellie should have gone that. and I think Ahura should have stayed. Yeah, Tia's exactly the... Yeah, like... She is who popped into my. She is hilarious. She's probably a fan. I don't know if she's a fan favorite, but she, me and Cameron, again, because we always watch it together, we both adored her. But it's that thing of it was disappointing to see she'd had all of lockdown mm. and she still had like dreadful runway. Yeah. And you just, oh, when Rue got angry as well. The only thing I think is it kind of goes past the show because I almost wonder if there's an element of like, especially during the pandemic and no one being able to go out and about no one making money. I almost wonder if it's more about the means that you have yeah, to take, to kind of come back to the show and have spent money on better looks or have materials to make better looks. Sometimes surely it comes down to the means that you have. Exactly. But I guess I think it does. If, if it's not there, it's it not It comes there down to, to finances, access. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably true. And I think they did cling on to Tia quite a lot. I actually think Rue saw himself um, within Tia yeah. and, that, and that's why he clung on to her so much. But I, I do think because of her personality and her popularity with the audience, they, they clung on to her maybe because of the, yeah, the TV series element. Would she be a good candidate for that? And I think she might even go off to do her own things. And I think she'll be, I think she could be equally as successful in some ways. But yeah, I think Bimini, yeah. Bimini's the winner. <laughs> let's hope definitely she has like that star quality and she's risen through the ranks like she's yeah her looks were what was lacking a little bit it was a bit rough around the edges and now she's hilarious and her looks are stunning you know she's really bumped it up but um i think she has her feet on the ground and she's not as bitch like bimley crept up on me i quite liked her from the first episode but she has that amazing combination of being like very kind of like london yeah and a bit, I don't know. She's a bit rough around the edges. Guess, she's an yeah, East London she's queen. Like, yeah. She's also so intelligent. She is like pushing boundaries all the time. She's very like intuitive. I think like she she's got everything, you know. And she's quite she 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 isn't like super bitchy to the other girls, you know. She's got this really nice aura, like this chill kind of. She doesn't get involved in any of the her. drama. I don't think she actually got involved once. Now that I think about it, she's just very laid back, chill, keeps to herself, keeps her focus yeah. on the job at hand, and she's she's just intelligent. The way she crafts things, she really thinks is. outside the box, high fashion moments, everything I would want in a modern drag queen. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I still maintain I've worked out the combination of who she looks like now. Rue was trying to think of what actress she looked like. And I was thinking at first I was just seeing Kate Moss when she has like the red lip and like, Yeah. I can't look at Kate now Moss I now see, without thinking of Bimini. Literally. And now I see a crossover of Kate Moss and Jodie Foster. Like that's I just think she looks like the two of them. I can kind of see like, that, like a yeah, like a young Jodie Foster, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a combination. Like it's kind of incredible, but I feel like also the person, the Rimmel London advert lady, for some oh, reason. Oh yeah, no, she would know. fit straight in. Oh yeah, that's um Georgia May Jagger, Mick Jack, Mick Jagger's daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's very much that kind of East London, rough around the edges, uh, party girl brand. Yeah. Yeah, 
And she does make these little sly comments. She's like, so what do you think of this? You know, she'll ask questions in the workroom. But I think that's also like the producer's... Yeah, uh, shit-stirring. ...ask them to do that. But she kind of does, has that like slightly cheeky element, but it, it doesn't go too far. No, I'd like love a night out with her. Oh, it'd be so fun. You all look so sexy tonight. You make me want to dismantle the patriarchy. <laughs> I love that. And her Katie Price Is it cold well. in here or is it just my nipples? Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I caught my... What was it? My boyfriend cheating on me last night. <laughs> the horses or something like that. Or in the stables. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I, like... I love the one where it was like... um. My implants got held at gunpoint in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has happened to it's Katie Price. Great. She's had such bad luck. And something about, was it a bloody German shepherd getting run over or shot or something? There's, oh, there's everything know. going she, on. Yeah. The drama continues, but it's, it's funny because I feel like there's a someone on the American one called Gottmik who is incredible and kind of reminds me of like, the thing of Bimini of just like rising up throughout the series and she did a great Paris Hilton on Snatch Game you need to look at it she was so think... good and she's she's done makeup for her as well so she was like I hope she likes it because oh, I tried to like get the Paris is right. such a sweetheart she would definitely love it but I, I think I've Mick seen some stills of it so I might need to check it out yeah I, I remember looking at it actually and being blown away like it was pretty spot yes. on yeah like the, the <laughs> groany like low voice and the the yeah. thin yeah. eyebrows and oh, just i feel like she's got so the bone bad. structure for it as well oh mick does honestly like and every runway she does is incredible she's one of those that i thought would be a bit timid but she's actually kicking ass like every week yeah like in all the no trailers. one's painting their face like her no <laughs> Do you know what's really gross? I'm staring at my fingernails that I've just ripped off on the table. <laughs> I've just, I've just been picking them off, and I've just placed them on the table delicately, and now I'm just looking at them. That's nice. A nail bouquet. A nail bouquet. How are they looking? Pretty mangled. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God. Let's get into the globes because nothing says <laughs> glamour like half chewed off, ripped off fingernails. Absolutely. I mean, how much more glamorous could you get? I know. Obviously, the globes were kind of different this year. And I still kept to my tradition of staying up to 1am, watching the E! News red carpet. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest has kind of dropped out of the race now, so they replaced him with Karamo from Queer Eye, which was amazing, actually. Just I feel like Karamo, Karamo brings this like humility to it. Like He was just brilliant. I loved it. But um, the thing about being in the UK is that you can watch the red carpet and then it's kind of an anti-climax at 1am because then you can't watch the show. There's no link to the ceremony unless you go on some dodgy website so you kind of have to watch all the highlights the day after so that's that's i don't understand why nbc can't throw us like throw Throw us a bone with that one yeah please i mean considering the fact that they nominated the crown for about five different categories (laughs) and they just disregard (laughs) the brits completely yeah yeah you would have thought so i mean i'm that old woman that uh it's like oh got work I'm, I'm gonna go to bed and read it about it tomorrow just just read up on it but uh, i did see a couple of the uh acceptance speeches and a couple of the on instagram the um they had this thing going this year with the virtual element to it where they have this like mm. animation didn't they where this door would open slide open they'd all be standing behind it in their their outfit oh yeah they do that every year i think i think that was through oh in- that's how so much i know <laughs> No, no, but it's, I love that moment. That is one of the best like social media moments for it. I think in style magazine. I think maybe they coordinate it, but like, yeah. it's so clever. I love seeing it. I saw is it Nicola? Oh God, I can't. Oh, yes, yeah, from Huffin. Derry yeah, Girls and hers. Bridgerton. Yeah, loved that. Shout out to her because I got I got told that I'm her lookalike the other week. That is a say, I don't quite see that, but I love her and she did look gorgeous. So. We'll take that. You have a lot of lookalikes, don't you? Chloe Grace Moretz, 
And then we can't forget Joey King as well. <laughs> yeah, shout if anyone needs like a blonde, as if this kind of uh, there's a gap in the market that really needs to be fulfilled for this. Quite frankly, <laughs> a kind of blonde, slightly curvier Joey King lookalike. Hit me up, make some money, all good. Maybe get myself a version of I I don't know why I was about to say a version of Jacob Elordi to be honest because he's not really. Uh, my cup of tea anymore but <laughs> oh i quite like him but yeah hire chloe if you're a fan of the aryan race if you want to support the uh <laughs> the aryan <laughs> you want to support the aryan race as if we're not supported <laughs> enough as some of this discussion will you know uh i can't think of my words honestly i can't <laughs> yeah no i, I feel like light. Whole... some of this yeah. discussion the Hollywood life. foreign press kind of yeah they're they're quite big supporters of of the Aryan race as we know from the fact that they have 87 members and not a single one is black which to me just seems would you take very statistics <laughs> yeah very elitist kind of like gatekeeping like no you can't be part of this club like I can kind of just picture them all like having their meetings in a McDonald's in France like smoking out the back like like we're the shit like <laughs> I mean, I was imagining the smoking. I was imagining it more in some uh, kind of uh, cafe, some posh cafe outside in Paris where they flew to uh, to buy off the people that made Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like there's there's a lot some of backdoor deal outside of a cafe. <laughs> to, to be fair, McDonald's, French McDonald's, it, they are like a posh yet? cafe in themselves. They're so expensive, like. For three meals, it's like forty-five euros. I'm not having that. No, I'm not having not. that. You're not literally. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not. I'm sat in my house in, in the UK, wishing I could go anywhere. So a French McDonald's would, you know, would still be high up on the list, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> there's been a lot of controversy this year with the Globes, obviously as usual. But I feel like um. There's been maybe a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe I know there's mm. with award ceremonies in the last few years. Obviously, there's been a lot talked about uh, with the lack of recognition, you know, for um, a lot of black actors, a lot of black filmmakers, you know, anyone in the industry or really just anyone that isn't white. Yeah. You know, I say that, but anyone that isn't white, I guess this year they it becomes this kind of tedious thing of disillusionment, I guess, that they always think that they're clued in because they must consider Mm. that people are going to criticise them and they still make these errors. Um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that, and it becomes a bit embarrassing because then people at the awards show, I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I think they were making jokes about um, the panel yeah, and their decisions, which is um, kind of ballsy then, considering, like yeah. it's live TV. You're, you're, yeah, you're on NBC. You're hosting the award show, and everyone on that board will be watching. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to be fair to a lot of the actors that accepted their speeches, they had a lot to say. But it becomes a bit gimmicky because you just need to put it in practice. Yeah. Um, but I guess I feel like there was there was like there was more representation this year. Like John yeah. Boyega won, uh, so did Daniel Kaluuya. Um, obviously Chadwick Boseman, like the tragic passing of him, and I mm. think he probably will win uh, the Oscar, but we'll have we'll have to see. But I, I, yeah, there were there was more representation, but then it kind of gets like stamped on and kind of kiboshed because you you get nominations like Emily in Paris, like which literally seems like a dodgy backdoor deal because I mean... because then there's people like Michaela Cole. Um, the creator and star of I May Destroy You, who, who didn't, who got completely snubbed. I think that's what really riled people up this year. And I, I agree, there probably, I saw there was a um, discussion over the diversity and the ethics this year. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, yeah, okay, they have included more. But then I suppose, yeah, they've included, I think it was three female directors were up for, mm. was it best director this year? Yeah, um, and you know, I—that's great. The fact that we even have to say it in itself is still an issue. But I guess 
I guess we could see that, you know, that is good representation, that's good progress. But, um, yeah, I guess things like Emily in Paris, I haven't seen it. I've seen clips of it, and I've seen a lot of people say that it isn't really a great show. It was unwatchable. um, Or not offensive, but stereotyping, at least. You know, a lot of people were saying that it just came across like this ignorant American going to France and trying to tell them how it should be done. Like, I don't think it was seen in a cute light at all. And Yeah, no, it just paints French people in a really negative light. And it's just completely yeah. unrealistic and quite unhealthy. I, I, I kind of thought, oh, do I even want to watch it as a bit of light fluff? And I, I couldn't even find myself wanting to do that. And I think there's something to be said for um, having shows nominated that are maybe less elitist kind of... I love a deep film. I like an impactful film. I like thinking about the way that it's shot and heavy subject matters and things like that you know and I I get how a lot of those films are nominated but I was kind of having a discussion with my mom and saying and she was saying you know I don't always love that stuff you know that's her taste and she's like well if it's an award ceremony it's celebrating um the industry and you know it's just as worthy of being called art as a very poignant you know serious film and she was saying why can't something we just enjoy be nominated or and you know a lot of uh things like sex education or umbrella academy that actually was sex education 2020 i think i think the second series was but i think so yeah um umbrella academy that second series i'm not usually even that into superhero things anymore and it was the acting's great the storyline's great but it's the kind of thing that's never going to be recognized um and i just think well if we're celebrating art and artists, you know, actors and people that that go into the production of these shows and these films. Are you really going to pick Emily in Paris out of all of those? No, you know, no. it's it's very it's to. normally a very highbrow ceremony. So to see something like Emily in Paris get picked is unusual. Mm. And you know, I and I do love trash TV. I, I love a bit of yeah. Gossip Girl and a lot of shows within that realm. But this was just atrocious. I can't see what they were thinking. And, and, you know, it was nice to see some appreciation for a lot of fan favourites. There was appreciation for Mandalorian, which is a great series. It's a bit of a slow burner. But it's been massively successful. And and I have to commend uh, Netflix as well, um, separate from The Mandalorian. But to have 22 nominations... Yeah. The Golden Globes, it's unheard of. TV was dominating this year, particularly British TV. And um, yeah, it was nice to see some appreciation for, for some of those other shows. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's very it's very highbrow, very elitist. And I, I, it saddens me to think that maybe there, there was more representation this year due to public pressure and not a result of like, good intentions and like a genuine appreciation for these artists in these films that's what i I think think can become quite dangerous is it is it genuine do do they genuinely feel feel that these people deserve it because i know for a fact that people like john boyega and daniel kaluuya do john boyega in particular he's kind of been an idol of mine for a long while um ever since discovering him from star wars he just grafted and, and managed to get the success that he has now. And I'm glad that he's getting the recognition for it. I just, it does sadden me to think that it's due to public pressure and not because the HFPA actually think he's worthy. I guess I think with these sorts of ceremonies, as I get into this like loop in my head of, well, are they worth it? Are they just all fake? Are they kind of a bit vapid? And in some ways you could argue, yes, in other ways, we need to celebrate art because, especially during the pandemic. But yeah, I totally see what you mean. Um, I think is it all contrived? It constitutes what is deserving of an award, which kind of encompasses what we we're saying about lighter programs and a bit more fluff. Um, I guess what we would usually constitute as deserving an award is something that I guess we interpret as people as, as lots of agonizing effort going into it. But I think there's a lot that agonizing effort that goes into everything that's made really for the most part I see what you mean about the pressure it almost becomes this trap of like well when does it when is it okay 
when when are the nominations okay and I fully am behind there being much more diversity I would say yeah there did seem like there was more this year but it's it's more just it's, it's such a small pool of things and sometimes you find promising young women with Carrie Mulligan really want to see that and yeah. I'm glad that that got nominated but and then um I care a lot with Rosamund Pike but they they get released and suddenly they're right there in the lineup and I just think because they're fresh in your mind you know people want you to go and watch them and then you think wow but hold on a second how much has come out in the last year that we're just kind of sweeping under because they're gunning for the promotion of these films circling back to I May Destroy You and it's great that people like John Boyega are getting that recognition and I feel like Michaela Cole should definitely be getting that same level of recognition for I May Destroy You, especially as they've gone in with The Crown, which I thought was a a good series, well put together and well acted. And, uh, you know, I I did enjoy it. But that's it's that obsession with the royal family. And it just kind of dominated. How many uh, categories was it nominated for? Was it I think I saw it in four or five and and they won a significant amount. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Emma and Josh won Best Actor and Actress. I think it won Best Mm. TV Drama as well. Yeah, it kind of cleared up. And, you know, it's a very well-made show. And I I do respect the the efforts that went into it. And it it was well put together. But in terms of the acting, it it was well acted. But there was also, there was a bit of a line between are these portrayals borderline caricature it, it did feel like it was slipping into that slightly at some points yeah and it's like you know oh okay well we're just going to talk about the royal family or, or we're just going to kind of I guess not directly but indirectly glorify the royal family by um, maybe this is getting too uh political because like, I did enjoy it and I didn't realize how annoyed it would make me until I realized how much they missed out other things and when you put them side by side the thing I'm going to say about I May Destroy You is I think Michaela Cole has had some conflict with uh, big uh, production. I don't, I don't want to say because I haven't actually like uh, verified this and like looked into it. I think I read something about it. But I think that there was something that she turned down in the past. I don't know if it was like an American company or something like that, but it was mm. a big deal. I think she turned it down because they didn't get, let her have the control that she wanted. Or I think they were kind of trying to do a number on her. And sometimes I just think, I guess I May Destroy You, it was so heavy hitting. You know, it, it mm. was a, it, it was sexual assault in many different forms. And it, it was hard to watch and it was emotional and it was heavy and it was relatable and it, it was incredible. And I do think it was a great piece of art. And I think sometimes I worry that because it was so candid it gets overlooked because some people are just not ready to give that the recognition it deserves they're not ready to give that discussion yeah that's how I feel about airtime that it deserves yeah there's a lot of shows I feel that had the same effect that were kind of overshadowed by the likes of the crown like for me I was really rooting for unorthodox it only had two nominations and they left empty-handed it was a real disappointment for me especially Mm. Shira has the the lead actress it was just such a performance I, i've never watched anything like it limited series only four episodes it's on netflix if you have the time anyone listening to this please, please go and watch, watch it. it it's so educational it's such an eye-opener about this hasidic jewish community in williamsburg in new york and just the the pressures and the the degradation that some of these women face and basically about how this this young girl she's 19 years old she escapes the community and flees to in search of her mother in berlin to start a new life and it was so moving no spoilers really but there's this one scene at the end of the first episode where she wanders out into this lake and she removes her wig and just lets Mm. her, her body fall into the water and it's kind of like a rebirth and it's probably it was so cinematic, you know. Th- this is the thing. TV has just it's becoming cinematic. It's yeah. st- it's been stunning this whole year, and it, it's safe mm. to say that it's got me through all all of the uh, the yeah the hard times of, of the pandemic and the lockdown. 
Yeah. And it's it's nice to see as well, like some of the um more recent nominations that kind of managed to get squeezed in at the end, like Your Honor, starring Brian Cranston. That is phenomenal. That's airing on I really need to see that. Oh my god, it will blow you away. <laughs> it sent my blood pressure through the roof. But it's airing on Sky <laughs> Atlantic exactly like on Tuesday night. He's great for picking those. But with Unorthodox, I'm so glad that so to anyone listening, Heather um recommended it to me i think at the beginning of this week because we were talking about the nominations and i'd I'd seen it and i'd been so close to watching it and for some reason i just uh i think i watched something else and i forgot and i watched all four episodes this morning before (laughs) we recorded um i was gonna start it the other day but i was just too tired and i really wanted to give focus to it and it is incredible like heather is saying incredible I can't stress it enough. and uh, But so many things this year, that's why I'm so angry about the people that have been left out. Yeah. I thought, oh, nothing can beat that. Oh, that was amazing. Like, and unfortunately, I've watched so much this year, I wish I could come up with more oh, examples. Sorry. But I honestly think that um, I agree with you that they were hard done by um, in our unorthodox of not winning more. And um, it's so emotional. Um, yeah. And the main character Esty it just rips your heart out she's the most subtle actress absolutely stunning it's all in her facial expression she's quite an understated character I feel and but she's so strong and I don't know I'm just gushing about it because I watched it this morning but yeah I guess still on a high he was like this looks really good you know and he doesn't really say that often he's like mm. wow this looks really good you know I think he might watch it now it was phenomenal I, I just and yeah it just and then you've got the Queen's Gambit. So obviously Anya Taylor-Joy winning Best Performance mm. by an Actress. It's Apples and Oranges, theory. isn't it? I mean, they were both equally yes, great shows different. in their own right. Um, and I loved the Queen's Gambit. I really did. It's I kind great. of binged watched that too. But yeah, it's, it's completely different storylines. And well-deserved win, I, I, I would say. But I, yeah, I have a yeah. soft spot for Unorthodox. It was just, yeah, I'm, I'm gushing as well. <laughs> it's hard to compare. But now I've watched them both because I was saying to Heather earlier in the week, I love Anya. I love The Queen's Gambit. It's it's so unique. It makes you actually really get invested and care about chess in a way that I never thought I would. But it does come down to it's, it's hard to compare. But I do almost feel like, yeah, I, 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 I do almost agree that it's a completely different kind of series. But a Queen's Gambit is a bit more glossy, I'd say, and a bit kind of Americanized in the way that mm-hmm. it it's made. But yeah, I wonder if I've changed my mind a little bit and Unorthodox was almost more worthy of winning that award because it was so stunning. I like how both of them are about uh, these young women, though, mm. kind of finding, coming into their own and finding their own way and I actually did think there were some parallels there you know I think Beth in the Queen's Gambit is an orphan and um, both isolated yeah yeah and you've got um, Esty who's pretty yeah isolated and kind of not necessarily accepted by the community for various different reasons and there's this real parallel between them going into a kind of foreign place for them both physically and mm. mentally I guess yeah traveling to different countries and finding their place i know that sounds pretty cheesy but there's the scene that i really connected the two with there's really prominent scenes in both towards the end of i think in the last episodes where they're both walking uh, there's a there's a real long shot you know there's a, yeah quite a, it's almost like, like they... a labyrinth i think yeah with the, with the last episode of the queen's gambit she's sort of um going through that like bustling square with all of the older men playing mm. chess and then with Esty she's kind of like weaving through these pillars through this square and just reflecting and thinking about her freedom now and her new life yes very liberating it really is um you know I I cried at both of them a little bit I, yeah I think TV's had the ability more recently to to make me cry about things um Actually, that brings me on to It's a Sin, you know, which about the AIDS crisis in the 80s, which I watched a couple of weeks ago, which is like incredible. And but just so gut wrenching and something like that is never going to be picked up by 
uh, a Golden Globes award no. ceremony, which is a shame. Whereas normal people did. And, mm. and when, when, you, when, compare that when you compare them, normal people is nowhere near in the same league as a lot of the other mm. shows. Nowhere near the same league. I think the way they shot it was so intimate and the way and the acting was fabulous. I think the way it was made was quite unique in a way. I think a lot mm. of the camera shots, it was like painstakingly intimate. But to the core of Sally Rooney's story and what they could do with it, yeah, I, I don't think it really quite stands up alongside... Um, those two shows but a very different type of show I guess but yeah I, I would have to agree with you on that I think yeah with normal people I think there's only so much they can do with that story and I would say they they did push the boat out in some respects and definitely mm-hmm. Paul's acting that one scene where he's speaking to the counsellor that's always yeah. a, a performance that will stick in my head forever it was just unlike anything I've ever seen sometimes I wish that there was a bigger category at least like we could see more people nominated even if they're not going to win yeah give a nod and exposure to more people yeah i think so that's a more project true luckily the oscars are more like that there there is mm. a like, wider category or wider pool but with the golden globes in terms of the films i think i've only seen a handful of them i, I really haven't invested much time in films and filmmaking over the past year it's it's very much been all about television but films like soul i think that was a very well deserved win i watched that on boxing day with my family and yes, it, yeah, I it, seen that one. yeah it, it's, it really lifts your spirits it's, it is very deep um and it is predominantly a children's film but it, it touches into a lot of themes that children can understand and i suppose it's about life and your purpose as, as a human being and how you don't have to give in to that pressure of, oh, I must have a purpose. I must have a, a place in this world and, and a meaning. But actually, you just being you is enough. And I feel like yeah. that's a really important, strong message that a lot of young people need to hear about nowadays. Because especially our generation, there's so it. much pressure to become like multi-millionaires by the time you're 25. And it's just not realistic. Um, you just have to take each day as it as it comes and and reward the little successes in life and and stop being so yeah. hard on yourself, basically. So I think that was a phenomenal film. I'm glad that Tenet by Christopher Nolan didn't really get a look in because Tenet <laughs> I was... I had opinions about that film. Tenet was the only film throughout the whole of this pandemic that I've seen in cinemas. It's the only film I've, I've witnessed in a cinema. And it was probably the worst cinema experience I've ever had. No oh gosh that's that's kind of gutting isn't it the one film i saw yeah no (laughs) christopher nolan he's he's pretentious and i'm gonna sideline go overrated yeah i mean when you've got david fincher in this world you don't need christopher (laughs) david fincher when he lost and he was just doing shots (laughs) taking shots very much oh a paying homage to Quentin Tarantino when he like spat out his champagne everywhere after losing to Ben Affleck. I mean, if you lose to Ben Affleck, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we all know that, you know, David Finch is always going to be uh, nominated for things like that. But he just didn't care. I think I saw someone... I think, again, it's made me want to see that film, Mank, because like yeah. I, I, I was shook that I had not heard of it. I was like, I'm I'm a fake Fincher fan right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard yeah. of it, but I haven't decided to watch it yet. I don't know why that is, why why I'm sort of but... delaying it a bit. I love Gary Oldman; he's one of my favourite actors, actually. Um, <laughs> we, especially, we know how I feel about Gary. I Oldman. love Gary. Well, that that's from yeah, that's from the Harry Potter universe, isn't it? But I like the Potterverse. The Potterverse, yeah. When I was about eleven, and I, think... I was like. <laughs> Who's uh who plays Sirius Black? He's really fit. Is that over there? Or whatever my like eleven year old version of that was. Mm. Not realizing by that point he was already fifty. Yeah, no, it's strange, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel like I've never really got the Gary Oldman crush, like the Sirius Black crush. I just I think he's a great actor. Like um, watching him in Leon the Professional, he kind of plays this madman, and that is one mm. of my 
all-time favourite Gary Oldman performances. Also worth mentioning that he is literally the brother of Little Mo from EastEnders. Oh, I know, right? Which is still so shocking to me. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen pictures of the two of them together, but um, it's just, that's just... This that... is, I love how much this is going to go over, like, because <laughs> I forget, like that we actually have like a small percentage of people outside the UK that do listen or have listened to our podcast. Yeah, so they probably, probably don't even know They're what EastEnders like, is. What the hell but... is <laughs> Right. Let's talk fashion. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> so the fashion... Uh, this year's Golden Globe ceremony. We did a uh, kind of yay or nay, didn't we, on our Instagram page? And mm. you know, I felt personally attacked. At there were some mixed responses. Yeah. Um, Shall we start off with our? I want to start off on like the more negative notes, so that we can end this on like a light, fluffy. These were my favourites. Yeah, shit sandwich, basically. <laughs> yeah, to, to put of. it plainly, for uh, want of a, any better phrase. A shit baguette. <laughs> you know, yeah, we got to amp it up. We've got to make it classy for the globe. So, yeah, shit baguette, why not? Mm-hmm. So, what were your uh, least favourite looks from what you saw? Well, you know who I'm going to start with? The man himself, Josh O'Connor. Hold up there. I thought you liked it. This is where we're gonna get in- we're gonna get into it, okay? Okay. I like Josh O'Connor. I like him a lot. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but this wasn't my favourite ensemble. He's giving me Emperor Penguin vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much serving Wheezy from Toy Story. Very much <laughs> serving. I sound like Wheezy when I'm laughing like this. <laughs> Very much serving Casino Croupier. Just like a mob boss extravaganza. Um, Bryce on the small, the small, small, <laughs> small, small chance of chance that Josh O'Connor listens to this. You're any chance at uh, <laughs> relations have it. It's gone. <laughs> I just rinsed you, didn't I, Josh? Yeah, sorry about that. Should have replied to my, <laughs> to my DM. <laughs> If I was in a recording studio right now, I'd be, like, physically holding you back. Like, don't do it. <laughs> this is the price you pay, I'm afraid, Josh. It's a hardship, I know. You'll get over it. But <laughs> I I love the designer, low, and I love J.W. Anderson. I've worn their converse into the ground, but the tucks kind of fell flat for me. I think the shirt, the shirt and the details were beautiful. Like, I get flushed every time I look at it. Um, but even the fit and the cut of the trousers were off. It kind of reminded me of someone digging through spare uniforms and PE kits at school and just chucking it on. Like, they didn't hang right, but the shirt and the detail of the tie, like, the fabric... I think we were saying, weren't we, it was very much, like, reminiscent of his um his yeah. outfit, like, his vicar ensemble in Emma. He's like, I really loved it. Obviously very sentimental about that film. Mm. Um, <laughs> with all the respect, because... Uh, you know, I've made some. I mean, I don't go to the Golden Globe ceremony, but I've made some bad fashion choices. You look at any pictures of nights out where we went clubbing. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some there. But um, basically, I respect the choices. I, I'm trying to be nice, and I can't even be. It just, I thought his was all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched Emma last night, and I did have to message Heather, and I was like, why is him being the vicar in Emma giving me his Golden Globes vibes, you know? And, and that's mm. not great because the vicar in Emma is a creep. <laughs> Massive creep. I mean, I love his Joshua smile Cole, in but... that film. Oh, I know. Even some of the little, like, I don't know. It's, it's so yeah. well acted. Like, the head tilts and movements and, like, the way he, his eyes, like, he, it's, he's completely consumed by this character and this role. It, it is frightening. Like, that scene in the carriage as well, where he's like, in a bit of a frenzy. Stop that code! Stop that code! <laughs> <laughs> he kind of just stumbles out. Yeah, that did that. That gave me a scare last night. Actually, yeah, yeah that was one quite for, loud, um, and it made me jump. That was one for being me up, soft boy. I think. Yeah, I literally actually I said that last night. Oh my gosh, I literally yeah I said to um 
my family I was like that's classic soft boy <laughs> being all lovely and like playing up to you like oh god you're so gorgeous you're so talented <laughs> so as, soon as, as soon as they <laughs> reject you it's like but, but you led me on you do realize that right like rubbish you led me on. it's like then then it's just this pure anger that comes from the embarrassment of being rejected we're yeah. probably gonna lose any uh soft boy listeners that we had out there i don't think we would have had any to begin with actually That's i hope right. not but josh if you are listening i'm so sorry i'm not <laughs> i'm not really I, I i love you and i love your acting but that that wasn't it i'm saying this and i'm sitting here like about to message him like if you listen to this <laughs> i'm so sorry i take it back but no i i i'm not a fashion expert like like i said earlier like i live in vests and like shorts and socks with holes in like that's been my my look for half of lockdown so i i can't I respect a that. real say in this but yeah. i respect that i've been getting all of my um kind of gear from george asda recently so that's my brand um and you know what they are oh is it f&f as well from tesco got a lot of joggers from there I would love to go to red carpet and they'll just be like, who are you wearing? And I'll I'll just be like, oh, George. 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 (laughs) Don't you know it? Giorgio as the Omani. You don't know Giorgio as (laughs) Yon. Oh, well, joke's on you, darling. So should we move on to, until we spend this this whole uh, segment slating Josh O'Connor? Yeah. Um, Great acting though, dude. Great acting. Um, Margot Robbie was my... I don't know if she's my least favourite. It's relatively inoffensive what she wore. So sorry. Can't <laughs> relatively. Remember. Relatively because then you've got more bold looks. It was just... It almost annoyed me because it was just a very like a black flowery... Mm. I think you were saying the other day, almost like a... It's pretty, but it's a bit boring it, it was, was like a, a 2012 like a dress... h&m, h&m summer dress that i would have paired with plimsolls or flats back then and like some or sort of with me long, boots with boots long strap like beige purse or something yeah it's it was a bit yeah she could have given way more it's the golden globes you know I, yeah i like margot a lot but I don't know. I think it just seemed as if Chanel was just trying to sell their casual spring line more and not focusing on. Yeah, I'm looking on... at it right now, and it, it's yeah. you know she she looks pretty, like she looks really nice in it. But it's just one of those things where I suppose we could say you know it's quarantine as well. Like people don't necessarily have to dress up as much, but I guess for for what the ceremony is, and if we're going to indulge it, and then I'm looking yeah. at Amanda Seyfried's, and she looked. She looks so stunning in that pink. Yeah, they did. They didn't do Margot. Yeah, they didn't do Margot justice. I don't think. What do you think about Emma Emma Corrin's look in Mew Mew? Because I I think you voted like you were telling me that you weren't a fan. You kind of like meh, weren't sure. Yeah, um, I I think it the shoulders for me. Like I don't know. I th- it's like a big fashion piece, isn't it? And she likes these big sil- silhouettes, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, at the top. But I, I... There's just something about it that was almost like a, a little clowny with the frills, with the white frills. And, yeah, it, it wasn't so much my bag. I think, like, my favourites were um, definitely Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, she, she looks yeah. incredible. Like... Again, I I just can't say for anyone listening. I'm gonna get Heather to say all of the actual like brands because <laughs> I, I cannot say them. But <laughs> yeah, um, she looks stunning. Like I love that deep green, and she literally mm. looked like a queen. So it was very fitting for the queen's gown. But yeah, and of course, Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning Amazing. always turns out a look like, uh, yeah, Gucci fairy realness like that. That With silky kind of. I don't even. Gorgeous. Yeah, I don't even know what color I'd describe that. It was kind of like a. It was like a. I don't know. Like a baby it, blue, I guess. Yeah, like even lighter than that. It was just stunning. Like I, I can't even imagine what she would have looked like if she was on the red carpet. It kind of would have just lit up the, the whole way. But yeah, the, the um the Dior dress that Anya wore, 
lovely emerald green, like almost mythical, like a yeah like some sort of witch or um sorcerer like very dramatic dimensions on it were yeah it it made it very dramatic and like it was sweeping across the floor and stuff like Mm. i saw this video of her kind of when they were taking pictures um she was in this like big hall and yeah she was like strutting around i think it's a two-piece i think i think the the green it's almost like a I don't know what to call it, like a low-slung cape almost, because she oh, had a yeah. shoulder show. She kind of, like, took it off, I think. At yeah, one she point. was kind and of draping like it. dress underneath. So classy, but Elle looked gorgeous. It was, like, liquid, it was like water. Like, it beautiful. Yeah. Like, it fits to her form so perfectly, so elegantly. Like, it, mm. it was truly, like, stunning. I don't usually pay that much attention to, like, um, the fashion and these things, but... I yeah, I, I really, really loved it. Um Rosamund Pike, however, uh I'm sure I can say this one in Molly Goddard. Not my favourite. Uh, no. It looked a bit like a hemorrhoid. It was just so garish. <laughs> and I like a bit of garish and bright from time to time, but the way it fanned out, I think it was trying to it be in keeping with a lot of the women she plays, like these kind of like dangerous, like over the top uh women like Amy Dunn and then Obviously, her character and I care a lot. I feel like it was very much like, I, I kind of hate this term, but like, you know, like girl boss. I don't think it suited her, to be honest. It, it's very it, puffy, and like, I'm just looking at it now because there's like a little gift that they've got of it. And she, she is her kind of movement in the dress. She's like, like she kind of kicked outwards and is like mm, stomping through. She yeah. has boots on, stomping through the hall. And it's, yeah, it, I mean, she always looks beautiful anyway. Like, and all of these people look stunning. But yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea so much. Yeah, it was um, a bit childlike, I think. But I think it was meant to be like that in in some sort of way. I don't know, but yeah, it wasn't for me. I think yeah, some of my favorite looks probably were Emma Corin. I loved that look. How it kind of I think it was um, alluding to a lot of these paintings of um, like these porcelain dolls and stuff. I think that's what it was trying to emulate. And then yeah, definitely L. Um, and yeah, Amanda Seyfried in Oscar de la Renta, that was like a very classic, glamorous Hollywood look, like you said, with the florals at the back. That was lovely. Yeah, it was, it was very elegant, I thought. I really enjoyed it. And um, I feel like there's someone else that I am missing. I liked I'm... Angela Bassett's look. I don't know if you saw it, but it was... This purple, I think it was quite tight and had like these, it was kind of feathered, had like these ruffles on. It kind of reminded me of like Daphne from Scooby-Doo, something she would wear. But yeah, that was beautiful and it looked like amazing on her skin. Yeah, oh, beautiful. I just realised who I've forgotten. It's Lily Collins, you know, as much as I disagree with the nomination, (laughs) not on her part. Um, She seems lovely and like she she had this like off the shoulder... And it, it's really pretty, like this kind of almost like kind of old fashioned like floral pattern, but it just all blends mm. in really nicely. It looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, I thought it, that really complimented her. It's kind of like got it's kind of brown with some like whites and blues blended in, and like with mm. her dark hair, it just looks really stunning. But um, yeah, and a lot of the men, like I'm trying to think, Jared Leto. Oh. Kind of looked cool, but I just I just dislike him so much that it just was kind of an aversion to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it was the same with me. He he did look cool. I mean, I mean, it's Gucci kind of yet again. Yeah, like 60s, 70s sort of disco vibes with the flower and everything. But I I don't like Jared Leto. I think he's a he's a good actor and he's talented. But I very I I'm very much on the fence with him and. Um, I, yeah, I can't really get on board with it but yeah I feel like a lot of the men they and their outfits they kind of let me down I think with men though there's only so much you can do you know in terms of like a two-piece or three-piece suit but I feel like some people yeah like Dan is it Dan Levy from Shit's Creek yeah I was just thinking of him he kind of pushed the boat out I didn't love it it yeah. was this real kind of yellow mm. pen. it was almost a bit of like a putrid yellow colour but yeah. it kind of had a bit of sparkle I think on his shirt as well it was he pulled it off really well it just isn't it he wasn't did. my colour like my I guess like I guess it wasn't my favourite colour combo 
you know it it, no. it wasn't doing it for me the palette but there's but he worse. pulled it off yeah. yeah he did pull yeah it there off. is he, he was feeling himself and that's all we want to see <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everyone. Yeah, let us know your thoughts. Who do you think deserves to win Series 2 of Drag Race UK? Do you have any favourites from the Golden Globes this year? With the decline of cinema over the course of the pandemic, will the 2021 Oscars just be background noise for TV and Netflix lovers? Follow us on Instagram at Ramble Without a Cause if you want to see podcast updates or share your thoughts with us.